IU lost a game it was expected to lose on Saturday, but why did this one feel so much more frustrating? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, September 26th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college Terms and conditions apply. IU went to Cincinnati on Saturday and lost uh, 45-24, to being the final. This is a game they were expected to lose and yet walk away from this one frustrated overall. Why is that the case? Let's take a we'll take a look at it today as we kind of recap this game. I think one of the biggest things to take away from this game and one of the biggest reasons why this feels so much more frustrating is just that the flaws were amplified. Um we knew Indiana had lots of them and yet you come away from this one feeling even worse about them. Uh it was a bad first half. Every seemingly every game this season has had a bad first half. Illinois game did not, but uh, every game since then, they just can't start well. Cannot start fast. I don't know what it is. It's something Tom Allen talked about after the game. It's something he acknowledged. In every other game, they were able to dig themselves out of it because they were playing Idaho, Western Kentucky, so on and so forth. As we predicted against Cincinnati, they couldn't afford to try to pull off one of those miracle endings. And... Thusly, they lost on Saturday, despite a spirited comeback that we'll talk about. Another flaw that has been a problem for multiple seasons. This offensive line is really bad. Uh, it might be it's it is better than last season's, not by enough. Um, it is you you do have to have all this or, or look at all this with the context of. Cincinnati is a really good team, as we said. Top 25 team, top 20 team, might even be better than that by the end of the season. You do have to have all that context when looking at this, but it's not like the offensive line looked good in most other games. Uh, Continue to really struggle to run the ball. On Saturday, they really struggled to protect Bazelak. He was under pressure more than I think he... It felt like more than he had been at any point or any game this season. Uh, He threw two interceptions... I don't know how much they were influenced by pressure. Uh, a couple of them, or the first one in particular, was just a really bad throw. But he was under pressure nonstop in this one. They can't protect. They can't run the ball. It's just, it's really bad with the offensive line right now. And those were two those were two flaws we knew coming into the game. They just looked a whole lot worse coming out of this one because Cincinnati's a really good team. And they didn't let Indiana stick around or or uh, win in spite of those flaws. They buried them for them. The next question has to be, what's up with the defense? This is part of the slow start. You a lot of times kind of attribute that to the offense. 
The offense is starting slow, but the defense isn't starting fast either. That was a horrific first half. 38 points. Um, the defense, going back and rewatching it, reading some of Tom Allen's quotes, my take in the moment was that this is the secondary is being absolutely torched and this is really bad. Tom Allen was pretty clearly selling out in some ways to stop the run and trusting his secondary not to get beat one-on-one. They got beat a lot one-on-one and it led to a lot of those big plays. Everybody was guilty. Taiwan Mullen, Jalen Williams, whoever uh, seemingly was in there got beat at some point in that first half. And they were being toasted. Now they adjusted in the second half. uh, And Ben Bryant only was 7 of 19 for 40 yards. uh, And to the point in the first half of overcommitting to stop the run, Cincinnati only had 40 rushing yards in the first half. So um, they did well in that front, but it wasn't worth what they gave up. The second half was a much more balanced... um, defense you also have to keep in mind Cincinnati was working with a four score lead uh or at least a three score lead and uh very briefly a two score lead like they were multiple scores ahead throughout the entire second half so they didn't feel any kind of pressure to to really push the bell offensively either but this is not what we expected when Tom Allen came back to calling defense um you expected maybe not a return to a top 25 defense or or whatever they were at their peak in uh, 2020. But this is a far cry from what you expected from a Tom Allen defense. Tom Allen acknowledged after the game, changes are going to have to be made. I don't know how he's not someone that makes really drastic changes in season. So I don't really know what that entails, but the problem is there's a lot of things that just keep happening. A lot of these trends are, are recurring ones. The offensive line has been bad since the Illinois game. Uh, the team hasn't started fast since the Idaho game. Uh, the secondary was getting beaten in that Idaho game at times, and it's gotten worse and worse each week. So these aren't just new problems popping up. It's the same things that are continuing to be problems. And it's not a great look on the coaching staff. My last point though, this may be me reacting to a vocal minority, but I saw a lot of uh, hands up in the air kind of reactions uh, to this game on Saturday. And my question would be, what did we expect? This is a Cincinnati team that is, again, a top 25 team in the country. If you're looking at SP+, which we reference a lot here, it's closer to a top 15 team in the country. IU was on the road for its first true road game in which they were a 16 to 17 point underdog. They ultimately lose by 21, which is worse than the margin, but this isn't like a burn everything down loss. This is largely at least by the final result, what you would have expected from this game. The way it played out might've been a little frustrating and I can understand that, but there was a lot of, um, trying to make these big picture takeaways that I just don't think there are there. There are concerns for sure. And we've, we've touched on them. We've touched on them today. We've touched on them in previous weeks. We'll continue to touch on them, but I just don't, this was a loss that you expected. Like when you looked at the schedule before the season, everyone had this as a loss. Uh, 
and probably a multiple score loss. And that's what happened. So I, I don't understand maybe the up in arms narrative. The way it happened, I could see some frustration. But there's no magic wand you're going to be able to wave to fix this. Uh, Indiana, this is just what Indiana is. And this would be a more of a bigger picture podcast. But um, there isn't some some person out there that can come in and fix all the problems Indiana has with its football program in general. And so I think there needs to be a little bit calmer heads uh, trying to prevail on this one. I want to take a look at three plays, three biggest plays of the game uh, and three plays that led to Cincinnati winning, if we're being honest on this one. Before we look at that, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, which is LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, it's a simple process, LinkedIn is. I'm sure all of you have have a LinkedIn, have used it in some capacity. Uh, you simply go to their jobs board uh Create your free job posts, add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk about the three biggest plays of the game. We've typically reserved this to the three plays that helped IU win. We're going to flip it on its head. It's the three plays that uh, really cost IU the game on Saturday. They're... It was a frustrating first half. And having said that, with a little more than 30 seconds left in the half, IU was only down 24 to 10. It felt like a lot worse, and Cincinnati was driving, but it was still just a two-score game. Uh, Ben Bryant, though, out route to uh, Tyler Scott, who the coverage wasn't awful. It had given him a bit of cushion. What was awful is the attempt at a tackle in which – um, I'm not sure which defensive back it was. I'm not going to go back there and try to find it because all of them were pretty bad and in, in, at times on Saturday. Um, the tackle attempt was just diving in at, at Scott. He missed entirely. Uh, Scott gets the sideline uh, one-on-one with the safety and makes him miss and is into the end zone for a touchdown. It was... Even in, in that moment, at that time, it felt like a maybe not a backbreaker, but a real momentum changer. Because if IU could hold out, head into the halftime trailing just 24 to 10 after what was a really bad first half, then you're like, you feel not bad, especially with how Indiana, Indiana ended up playing in the second half. You would have felt really good about where Indiana was. But Brian to Scott was a combination that worked time and time again on the night uh, or on the day, I should say. This one, while it was 
it, there were yards after the catch from Scott that were good. It was equally really bad uh, defense from the secondary. Like the tackle attempt, nobody teaches you to tackle like that. Um, just, I know it was, again, we, we talked about it. It was a lot of one-on-one in the secondary. And if that's the case, you can't sell out with a diving tackle attempt uh, to try to bring a, a player down and just frustrating. Uh, it became even more frustrating on the very next play. Kickoff sails into the end zone for a touchback. IU takes over. Strip, sack, fumble. Um, the It was the, the shining example of how bad the offensive line was. Uh, right tackle does not even – I mean, he barely slows down the defensive end who gets around him. Bazak tried to step up in the pocket. He didn't step up enough. I thought there was a an argument for it being a forward pass. Uh, it wasn't an argument that IU won. It might have been one of those situations where if they called it a forward pass on the field, maybe it stands. Um, it IU didn't deserve to have it called a forward pass, uh, but Cincinnati, the, the offensive tackle, I believe it was Parker Hanna, blissfully unaware that the ball was free, which I can't blame him entirely for. Uh, but he had no idea that the ball was on the ground. Cincinnati scoops it up and scores. And in 10 in-game seconds, IU went from down 24 to 10 to down 38 to 10. And that felt a world of different. Uh, because at 24 to 10, it's two scores. That's conceivable. That feels like a margin you can overturn, especially with IU having been a second half team 38 to 10 felt like this was going to get out of hand. Um, fortunately it didn't. And IU responded in the second half. We're not going to talk a ton about it because that first half was so frustrating. Maybe we'll save that for tomorrow and, and talk about where IU found success, but it didn't matter because it was too little too late because IU, especially in that 10 second span, Gave up 14 points that were preventable and threw the game away effectively. IU couldn't make up that difference. They got to 24 points. They could not get to uh, 38 points or, or even 45 at the final score. The last one, it'd be harsh to say this cost IU the game. I just wanted to highlight this because it's indicative of some problems that um, Indiana's had. Uh, Indiana's had a lot of unforced errors in a number of ways. Penalties weren't great on um, on Saturday. On this occasion, late in the fourth quarter, Indiana had forced a stop. They're still down two scores, but this was basically their last chance. Uh, it was three minutes, 38 seconds left. They were going to have to quickly drive down the field and score. Connor Delp, who came in to field the punt, uh, I'm not sure what happened to DJ Matthews. He, I know he w- went down briefly on a punt return and then didn't return him the rest of the game. Uh, he only had two catches for minus three yards, so he wasn't really a factor in this one. But Delp comes in. I, I don't want to pin all of this on him. He fair caught the ball at the four-yard line. I think you guys remember the play. If he would have just not done anything, it would have bounced directly into the end zone. Did that change the fact that IU probably wasn't going to drive down and score? Probably not. I mean, 
getting the ball at the 20 or the 25 versus the four, it's a, it's a big difference, but IU had struggled uh, in their recent drives leading up to that. Um, but still, it's an unforced error uh, and one that you can't have. You can't have it in general, and you can't have it when the margin for error becomes razor thin in the second half because you gave up that 10-second span in the second quarter because, you, in general, you gave up 38 points in the first half. That's why you can't afford those mistakes, and that's why that first half is so important to not. I mean, it's not hard to not give up 38 points. So um, it was a play I wanted to highlight. Again, it it wasn't the sole reason IU lost. It set them back huge, and they turned it over on downs, and Cincinnati got the ball and scored, which whatever. It was a an insurance touchdown. It mattered to the betters. Uh, but outside of that, it didn't matter a whole lot. It's just one of those things. They need to cut out the unforced errors. Let's try to end on a positive with three players that I thought played really well on, uh, Saturday. We'll do that here in just a moment. Picking three players that played well in this game was a little bit harder than I thought it would be. Look, IU had a really good second half. Um... There were bright spots. Cam Camper continues to be an incredible find uh, from Trinity Valley Community College. He's so far been one of the top wide receivers in the Big Ten. Ten catches for 126 yards on the day. Um, He was really good. This was the best he looked against good competition. Like He looked like a number one wide receiver on Saturday uh, against a, a really good Cincinnati defense. And that was reassuring, uh, because there were, uh, he hadn't always, that's a big leap for him it, from, from Trinity Valley community college to playing on the road against Cincinnati. Uh, that's a pretty big leap. So to see him play well was very encouraging. He's clearly the preferred target of Connor Bazelak. A third of his completions went to camper uh, Connor Bazak, I hope he iced his arm on Sunday, 66 pass attempts, a program record. Um, yeah, he is, he is, he's slinging the ball around. That's a, that's indicative of an offense that can't really run the ball very well. And an offense that is playing at a lightning speed, uh, this season, but camper has benefited from it, uh, with his, uh, 10 receptions for 126 yards. No one else had more than 38 receiving yards. So he was the primary target. I think everybody knew that coming in and he still produced, which is the sign of a really good wide receiver. I want to give Josh Henderson some love because he's played well since that Idaho game. Even I thought, uh, I think we may have talked about him then, but I thought he played well again. Sean Shivers played well. Both of them had a touchdown. I, I could have picked out either one of these guys. I picked Shivers last week. I wanted to talk a little bit more about Henderson this week. Uh, 12 rushes for 29 yards, three catches for 29 yards. He had a touchdown in there. He's been a really good kind of complimentary back to Sean Shivers. Uh, Shivers is kind of clearly the number one, but Henderson is a more than capable number two. You can see why he wanted to transfer to, to have a bigger role. I think he He's been effective. Um, 
It's not been great having them. I was trying to think of a diplomatic way to say this. It's not been great to have them run behind this offensive line. And I'm sure that they don't love it either, but, uh, he's made the most of it and he's made the most of his limited opportunities. And you can see in this one, Shivers had 19 carries. Henderson had 12. I thought they tried to run the ball a little bit too much, but, um, the, the carries were more evenly split than I think we might've expected them to be early on in the season. That's a testament to how well Henderson's playing. So shout out to him. Wanted to give him some love for, for stepping up, uh, and making some plays and, and having a big touchdown catch as well in this one. Uh, we'll see if he continues to get used and continues to re- remain effective as we head into real big 10 play. Now I know I already had a game, but this is really when big 10 play starts. The last one, I couldn't. I, I wanted to try to talk about somebody on the defense. They did play well in the second half. Uh, the first half was just so bad that it was it. Oh, it was just so frustrating. It was so demoralizing watching that first half. It felt like we had taken about three steps back. Um, now I think they took like maybe one or two steps forward in that second half to minimize some of the frustration, but I'll just single out Cam Jones on this because he continues to be amazing. Uh, I know I sound like a broken record. Cam Jones deserves all the recognition. He was really, really good. Uh, Led the team in tackles. He's all over the place, making big plays. Uh, Aaron Casey, shout out to him. He had 10 tackles. Uh, Those two were one, two in tackles. Uh, Your two linebackers. So big shout out to him. Um, there were other guys that made plays at times. Taiwan Mullen had an interception. Uh, a couple guys had sacks or, or tackles for loss. It just, it's it, it, the way that first half played out defensively was just so frustrating that it's hard to, to single out a lot of those guys. Because if I, th- I think of a name, I think of them messing up basically in the first half and, it's hard to say, well, this guy gets a player of the game nod when like I, Taiwan Mullen, I didn't think played awful. The one of the touchdowns he gave up, I kind of overreacted in the moment on Twitter. He gave up a touchdown pass. that was just an absolutely perfect throw that he played really well. Um, you can't do stuff like, or you can't like Taiwan Mullen couldn't have done anything else. He could have done something else about the other big touchdown he gave up. So there was there were pros and cons on on every single player. It was just I felt like somebody on that defense deserved recognition in this for their second half performance because it was really good, but it was just hard to pick anyone. Cam Jones wins it uh, because he's always everywhere. Ivan Pace Jr. for Cincinnati was absolutely unreal. Fifteen tackles, two and a half sacks, four and a half tackles for loss. Just everything he looked like he was going to be kind of previewing this game. We talked about him. He was an absolute monster in this one, but we'll have a, we'll, we'll have more to talk about in this one. And we're heading into big 10 play. It's a winnable big 10 game. This is, if Indiana wants to go to a bowl game, this is a game they probably have to win. So this one is a lot more important uh, than I think last week's was. We'll try to continue to talk about last week's game and look forward. I also want to start talking men's basketball. We might start some season previews uh, because if, if I have to mix them in with football, 
it's going to take a while to get through them. So we might start some season previews for men's basketball this week as well. But thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow. We will talk more about this loss and how IU moves forward. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating. Uh, It helps us out a ton. Gets us higher up on people's feeds and recommended. So please, please, please help us out there. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Monday. Hope your week starts off well in LEO.